Now on Sunday Extra, we're going to discuss phenomena that are observed by humans and that are very hard to explain. One of them happened on the 26th of July in Washington when a national security subcommittee of the US Congress held a hearing with the title Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena, Implications on National Security, Public Safety and Government Transparency. Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena, or UAP, is the less well-known and less loaded acronym than UFO. And the committee heard, well, remarkable testimony from three former military officers, including former F-18 pilot Ryan Graves. In 2014, I was an F-18 Foxtrot pilot in the Navy Fighter Attack Squadron 11, the Red Rippers. During a training mission in Morning Area Whiskey 72, 10 miles off the coast of Virginia Beach, two F-18 Super Hornets were split by a UAP. The object, described as a dark gray or a black cube inside of a clear sphere, came within 50 feet of the lead aircraft and was estimated to be 5 to 15 feet in diameter. The mission commander terminated the flight immediately and returned to base. Soon, these encounters became so frequent that air crew would discuss the risk of UAP as part of their regular pre-flight briefs. And that was relatively mundane testimony compared to another witness who claimed that the US government has secretly retrieved crashed UAPs, which allegedly contained non-human biological remains. If you believe we have crashed craft, uh, stated earlier, do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft? As I've stated publicly already in my News Nation interview, uh, biologics came with some of these recoveries, yeah. Um, were they, I guess, human or non-human biologics? Non-human, and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to that are currently still on the program. So what, if anything, did the anomalous phenomena of this congressional hearing unearth about unidentified anomalous phenomena? Chris Impey is Professor of Astronomy at the University of Arizona, and he's written extensively about the search in science for life elsewhere in the universe. Chris is also on the advisory council to the Californian not-for-profit METI International, which conducts scientific and educational research into searching for and messaging with extraterrestrial intelligence. He joins us from Quito, Ecuador, where he's attending an astrobiology conference. Professor Chris Impey, welcome to Sunday Extra. Yeah, it's good to be with you. In your work as an astronomer, you've devoted serious attention to the field of astrobiology. How seriously did you take the evidence that was given to this congressional subcommittee? Well, it was provocative testimony by three ex-military pilots. You know, I'm sure they were talking honestly. They were under oath, of course, a penalty of perjury if they lied. Um, and they described some pretty hard-to-explain phenomena, especially Grush, who was really going the full way to claiming that aliens are in our possession, or at least in the military's possession. Uh, this hearing isn't actually the only formal U.S. government response to reports of unidentified anomalous phenomena. Uh, what other measures have been taken in recent years and Why? Well, in 2017, we'll all probably remember these three Navy videos came out. There was a big New York Times story about them. And a year or so after that, the National Intelligence Agency in the U.S. Uh, started doing a study. Um, and they were trying to get around the stigma of reporting where people just don't want to say that they've seen something like this, especially military pilots, also commercial pilots. So they did a, a study and they published a, a very terse report that didn't say they found anything indicating aliens. And more recently, NASA convened a committee of scientists. They were looking at purely non-classified data, uh, and they've got a pile of about a thousand sightings they're sifting through right now. 
and uh, has any testimony been given about what they've uh, uncovered from sifting through all those findings? I think that we have an interim report from the NASA committee and uh, one of the NASA representatives said that of those hundreds and hundreds of reports, only two or three percent are anything anomalous. Uh, most of the rest are just, you know, conventional phenomena. They could be weather balloons, they could be atmospheric phenomena, planets. Um, so it's a small fraction that are strange or inexplicable. And the trouble is they often don't have enough data to get to the bottom of it. They only have a visual sighting or maybe there's visual and infrared, but they don't usually have radar, optical and infrared, the sort of trifecta of data you'd want to really understand it. All of us, of course, would remember the flurry of activity around the uh, alleged Chinese spy balloon, the weather balloon that was shot down um, by America earlier in the year. To what extent are there genuine and credible concerns about unidentified uh, technologies in the earthly skies? Well, when the National Intelligence Service got into this a few years ago, and then the Pentagon as well, they're clearly concerned about national security. If these are advanced technologies uh, doing incursions into American airspace and, and shadowing American fighter pilots, that's a national security risk. So forget about the aliens. They, they just think this is something that warrants their attention for that reason. But I, I just registered the irony. You talked briefly about the weather balloons. And yeah. uh, the irony of that, those incidents were that um, the Roswell, you know, the infamous Roswell 1947 incident that really kicked off UFOs almost a century ago, it, it's now known that that was a high altitude military weather balloon that the, the military didn't want the public to know about because it was monitoring uh, early Soviet nuclear tests in the atmosphere and they didn't want to freak out the public. So basically, <laughs> the, a military representative, uh, when he was interviewed by the local media, he just said, oh, it was just a flying saucer. So literally, the military seeded the UFO flying saucer myth uh, just to cover up a, 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 a true military program that they didn't want people to know about. In contrast to the tricky issue of dealing with uh, things humans claim to have seen on Earth, could you give us an overview of how the, the scientific inquiry into the possibility of life beyond Earth is undertaken and where it's got to so far. Sure. Um, astronomers are kind of in an awkward position because astrobiology, the search for exoplanets or planets around other stars, has been going gangbusters for decades now. So we now know of over 5,000 planets around other stars. Hundreds of them are Earth-like and, and many of them are habitable. And it projects to about 20 billion habitable worlds and the Milky Way galaxy. So to astronomers, it's implausible that given billions of years and all those habitable worlds that biology didn't happen on any of them. Um, maybe it's only microbes, but in some fraction of them, it would become more advanced. So astronomers think logically that there could well be life in the universe, even advanced life forms. They just don't think the evidence is sufficient to draw a conclusion that aliens have visited the Earth. And what sort of work or advice do you give as a member of the advisory council to METI and this idea of preparing humanity for potential communications with extraterrestrial intelligence? Well, that's also a tricky business because people are divided <laughs> on whether it's a good thing to do. Stephen Hawking very publicly said we shouldn't message aliens if they're out there because they might be malign and they might destroy us, you know they're almost by definition going to be more advanced than us. 
So it's not clear that it's a good thing. Of course, the activity as it's going is only targeting places that are thousands of light years away. So logically, the message is going to take millennia to get there and then millennia for anything to happen. So this is not a proximate threat. <laughs> right. Um, the congressional hearing was sort of cloaked in the language of the need for greater government transparency and I suppose the accountability of organisations that are looking into these areas. Do you think that this is an area that does benefit if it's given the sort of public scrutiny that we saw at these sorts of hearings? Or in a way, does that underline the difference between more outlandish theories of things people might see versus the serious scientific inquiries that you and your colleagues are undertaking? Well, I think it's a, a good thing for Congress to ask for more transparency. I mean, the more transparency, the more data that's released, the more scientists get to look at it, the more likely we'll find an explanation, and it may be a conventional one. It's when everything is shrouded in secrecy that, you know, conspiracy theories flourish. And the Congressional Subcommittee, they have a mandate for oversight and accountability. So this is within their purview to ask the Pentagon to be more transparent. I realize this is not your, your specialty, but in terms of what we know about what is most likely to have happened when you have an incident like uh, this F-18 pilot who claimed to see something very striking when he was in the air and also claimed that these things were quite regular for, amongst him and his colleagues. What do you think is going on? Well, I mean, I believe the sightings. I mean, I don't think they're just making this up. Um, I think the interpretation is difficult because many of the, including people testifying in that subcommittee, said that they were seeing things that could not be explained by known physics or known propulsion. And that, unfortunately, that's a bit of a stretch because you don't actually have enough data to conclude that. Um, you don't know the distance of these objects typically, and therefore you don't know their size and their velocity. You're inferring it. So I think you can connect those dots, but it's certainly provocative. And for example, if it were a superior military technology of an American adversary like China, um, that would be a cause for concern. Of the incidents of unidentified anomalous phenomena that you're aware of, Chris Impey, are there some which you find a little bit more troubling and harder to explain and that sort of, you know, stick in the back of your mind uh, more than perhaps people who seem to be uh, repeating sci-fi plots uh, as if they'd happened in real life? Well, the, the two of the people testifying at the congressional committee, and those are sightings that go back over a decade in one case, um, you know, those are, those are difficult to explain. There's no question. Um, the David Grush is, is much more difficult because he essentially cited a national security and secrecy as why he couldn't say where these crash sites were and he couldn't divulge the nature of the biological material that was recovered. And so that was, that was frustrating to the subcommittee, of course, because they hadn't been cleared to hear that classified information. Um, but the other two people testifying were describing things that are genuinely hard to explain. Uh, and, you know, science is kind of tiresome on this. It just says we need more data. Um, and of course... <laughs> The real thing is that the gold standard is set with physical evidence. So visual evidence, even infrared, even radar, in the end is not going to be totally convincing, especially for such an explosive uh, conclusion that aliens have visited the Earth. I think scientists are going to want to see physical evidence that they can analyze in the lab, that they can publish and share information, make public, uh, and that will convince them, and I think it will convince a lot of people. Professor Chris Impey, thanks so much for speaking with us on Sunday Extra. Yeah, it's a pleasure. 
Chris Impey is Professor of Astronomy at the University of Arizona and, as we heard, is also on the Advisory Council to the Californian not-for-profit METI International. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.